The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, May 21st, 2023, on the basis of Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 23. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. So these pieces of paper that I'm holding in my hands right now, they have the questions that these three students are going to be asked when we do our review of the Christian faith in just a few minutes. They also have all of the answers. And so I'm guessing that in just a few minutes when you stand in front of this microphone and you get asked these questions in front of this room full of people, including many of your friends and family, you would absolutely love it if I would tell you that you could have these pieces of paper in your hands. In fact, maybe that would make things a lot less stressful for you this morning. Maybe you're even having a little bit of a difficult time paying attention to this morning's service because you're a little bit stressed out. In fact, maybe you have been doing what I saw a teenage girl doing this past week as I took our daughters to school in the morning. She was pulled over on the side of the road right behind her. It was a police car with flashing lights. And as we drove by, we saw her there in the front seat with her hands folded and her eyes looking up into heaven and <laughs> evidently praying that she was going to only receive a warning instead of a ticket. Maybe you've been doing a little bit of that. I'm guessing maybe even your parents have been doing a little bit of that this morning. Well, don't worry. You don't need to be spending the next few minutes praying because we actually have a prayer in front of us this morning in these words from Ephesians chapter 1, these words of Paul are a prayer that he prays for all of us as Christians, certainly a, a prayer that we would pray for you. Except it's not a prayer simply that we would be able to remember and recall certain things that we know about God in our head. Instead, it's that we would be convinced of certain things deep down in our hearts. In fact, it's not even just that we would know certain truths about God. Instead, Paul prays that we would know the truth about everything else in life because of the truth that we know about God. And so as much as you might think that it would be great if you could actually have the questions and answers in front of you this morning, Paul is going to pray for something even greater than that. It's almost as if Paul prays that instead of this being a white and opaque piece of paper with lots of writing on it, it's almost as if his prayer is that it would be transparent see-through. Not so that you could look down and not so that you could look at everything that it says about God, but instead that you could hold it up and you could look through it to see the rest of life on the basis of what you know about God. See, the value of everything that we learned in confirmation class, really the value of everything the Bible tells us about God is not just that we would know a bunch of stuff that we can recall and recite on one day of our life. Instead, it's that we would have a lens through which we can look at everything else in life for all of our days. And so as we look not just at, but as we look through the truth that we know about God, Paul wants to tell us that we are going to see three very important things. First of all, we're going to see our future. Paul calls this the hope to which we were called. In confirmation class, we learned that it was actually in your baptism 
and through your baptism that God called you. Even though it happened when you were way too young to remember it, your name was spoken aloud as God called and claimed you as his own. In your baptism, you were joined to Jesus, which means that you now have hope. Hope because you know your future. As someone once put it, when we are baptized, it's as if we are put aboard a moving train. And one thing about trains, the track tells you exactly where that train is headed. And if you and I have been joined to Jesus in baptism, we know exactly where we are headed. In fact, that's part of what we are celebrating today. Jesus, our Savior and our brother, has ascended into heaven. And it's almost as if our baptism has attached a bungee cord between us and him. And so where he has gone, we will surely follow. In other words, your calling into the family of God is not like making a sports team or getting a part in some play or getting accepted into the first college of your choice. It's not this thing that's kind of great, but you sort of have to still wait and see how things are going to turn out. Being part of the team is great, but what if they lose every single game they play? Getting a part in the play is wonderful, but what if it's a total flop and nobody shows up? Getting accepted into college is wonderful, but what if you fail every single class that you take? No, when we have been joined to Jesus, we already know our future. Not every last detail, but no matter what stop we might arrive at along the way, we know and we always have hope because we know where this train is headed. Second, Paul tells us that when we look through this lens of what we know about God, we will also see our value. Paul calls this God's glorious, the, the riches of God's glorious inheritance in his holy people. So in confirmation class, we learned all about the work that Jesus did for us, the work that we refer to as our redemption. We learned that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And so when all of that was done, when Jesus' work was finished, after he had risen from the dead, and again, now ascended into heaven. Then what? What does he get? What is his reward? What is his inheritance? Well, Paul tells us, he says, Jesus' inheritance is you. That's his prize. That's what he did it all for. Which means that God doesn't work the way that academic institutions work. He doesn't assign you a sliding grade point average based on how well you do on his tests or even how well you keep his Ten Commandments. God doesn't work the way that social media works. You're not more important if you have more followers or get more likes. God doesn't work the way that Zillow works. He doesn't take this thing that we've spent our whole life saving for and, and trying to buy in a home and then, and then compare it in value to what everybody else around us has. No, instead, your value, the price tag that is attached to you is calculated based on just one thing, what Jesus was willing to pay for you. And so you are worth everything because that's exactly what Jesus gave to have you. 
Third and finally, Paul tells us that we are going to see our purpose. Paul calls this God's incomparably great power for us who believe. This is actually the section of these verses where Paul talks most extensively about this thing that we are celebrating today, this thing called ascension. As we learned in class, Jesus didn't just ascend into heaven. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, right? So Jesus is sitting on a throne. He is ruling over all things. He is in charge. But not by implementing some form of telekinesis, where he can cause a glass of water to slide across a table just by using the power of his mind. No, Paul tells us that Jesus is the head over everything, but Jesus is a head who has a body, and that body is the church. In other words, that body is you. And so when Jesus wants to get something done in our world, he uses his people. He uses you. Which means that it's not our job to write the script for our lives. We don't need to come up with the story that gives our lives significance. We don't need to go looking for meaning in life. We don't need to worry whether everything that we've chosen to spend all of our time and energy doing is going to amount to nothing in the end. Instead, we can be confident that we are part of the biggest story that is going on in our world. In fact, it's the only story going on in our world. From his ascension until his return, all of human history is the story of Jesus using his power, flexing his muscles through his church to get his people home. We all play our own unique part in that story. We all play a relatively minor part at the end of the day in that story. But no matter what your role might be, your life has a purpose because you've been given a part in that story. So your future, your value, your purpose in life, if you could see those three things, I think you'd agree that's pretty good, right? You could handle just about anything that life would throw at you if no matter what, you would always know your future, your value, and your purpose. But one thing that means for you, confirmands, and really for all of us, is that you can't stop. It means that this isn't the end. No, you're not going to be coming to classes anymore on Wednesday afternoons, although you can if you want to. We would love to, to still have you there. You're not going to be getting homework assignments. You're not going to be studying for tests. But you can't stop. As much as Paul says that he will not stop praying this prayer for you, we can't stop doing the thing that is the answer to Paul's prayer. You can't stop just because you're not sit wearing a white robe and sitting in the front of church. You can't stop just because you get busy during high school or when you go off to college. You can't stop when you're the one holding a baby in your arms and maybe even wrangling some young restless children as they're trying to sit through church. You can't stop when it's your turn to take your children to confirmation class. Don't stop hearing and learning and growing in the living and active word of your God because so long as you don't stop, you will always see 
your future, your value, and your purpose. Amen.